Erica Renee Hogue was last seen walking in the 7800th block of Deer Creek Road in Selma, Oregon on May 17, 2018. She was 39 years old at the time of her disappearance. There are many factors, both in Erica's life and her disappearance, that make it incredibly difficult for the media to properly cover or for the police to properly investigate her case. The one word that seems synonymous with who Erica is as a person is light. With that in mind, my name is Gwen Berenger, and this is a light for Erica. A Light for Erica contains themes of drug use, violence, and other topics that may be suitable for a more mature audience. Listener discretion is highly advised. Welcome back. First off, I know it's been over a year since the release of the first episode. And second off, you can definitely hear crickets in the background right now. And I don't really know what to do about that. My current recording situation makes it a little bit impossible to block out that sound, so that's just something we're going to have to deal with. Think of it as some sort of added sound effect, if that helps. Back to the bigger issue at hand. Why has it taken a year for me to release another episode of the podcast? And the answer's kind of complicated, mostly because there's a few different answers. The first being... I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I know, that's gonna sound bad, but hear me out. I am just a concerned human being, like the rest of you who listen to true crime podcasts and things of this nature, and I just sort of jumped into this headfirst without really considering how hard it was going to be to get people to talk how hard it was going to be to verify information, verify details. And that's something that I have really been struggling with over this last year. There have been a lot of people coming forward with anonymous information and things like that, but when I can't verify the information, I'm a little bit reluctant to put it out there because it's a little bit slanderous. So I ask for things like screenshots, photographs, anything that isn't just anecdotal. And the problem is that a lot of my sources don't seem to have these things. So I've been debating what direction to take this podcast in while I gather more intel. And I finally figured, you know, screw it. I'm just going to put some of the more concrete things I know out there. And I'm going to maybe put the rest out with a very, 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 very strong disclaimer. I think that sounds like a better option than not having this information out there at all and just sitting on it. So, I guess without further ado, let's get started. So, there was a point before I even released the first episode of the podcast where I was just circulating this flyer that I made about Erica mentioning that there was an upcoming project in regards to her disappearance um, around on social media, in town, everywhere that I could think of. 
And one of the first anonymous tips that made its way to me came in the form of a message passed on to me through a friend of mine, where somebody was giving vague directions as to where Erica's remains could potentially be, out in the woods in the middle of Selma. Now, I passed on these tips to the authorities, hoping that they would know where to look in regards to this tip, and I never heard back from them, and I never heard about them conducting any sort of search parties in that area. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the tip was too vague for them to really feel like following up on it was worth it, which is kind of a shame. Because honestly, if I knew the specifics of where their initial searches took place, I would probably have gone out there and at least given it my best shot, you know? With a few people, of course, because I'm not just going to go hiking in the wilderness alone. That sounds like a recipe for disaster, you know? But that was kind of when I realized, I guess, that this was going to be difficult, but a lot of things worth doing are difficult. And so I persisted, and I released the episode, and I just waited. And that's what I've been doing. I've been collecting information, and I have been waiting. And that waiting may soon be paying off, but we'll see. Now, there's a friend of Erica's out there that I've been in touch with very briefly. Like, we're friends on Facebook. For the life of me, I don't understand why she hasn't called me to speak with me personally yet. Um, her name is Miranda, and she has been more than forthcoming towards other media sources. As far as speaking with them, she has mentioned several times in messages to me and um, online in various comment sections regarding Erica that she once witnessed Larry Anthony Hopkins, a.k.a. Hannibal, try to push Erica out of a moving vehicle. Now, that is very concerning. But again, there is no evidence. There is nothing to back this up besides one individual's anecdote. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to disqualify this anecdotal evidence based on the fact that it's just one person telling me something, but it's not solid proof of any wrongdoing in the eyes of the legal system. And like it or not, that is kind of what we as a society have to work within the bounds of. I'm not very fond of it myself, but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Now, another person reached out to me shortly after I released the first episode. And this was a little bit weird. And I'm probably going to get a little bit rambly while I'm explaining it to you, but I am going to try and keep it as concise as possible. But basically, I had an individual contact me who claimed to be not only a psychic, but who said that they had also been looking into Erica's disappearance since she disappeared. And they had amassed some sort of big file on her disappearance, 
and they had some belongings from that particular piece of property that Erica disappeared from that Hannibal had left behind when he either got arrested or just plain left the state back in April of 2019. I wanted to get my hands on all of this so badly. But this individual was not very forthcoming as far as giving me anything other than the words out of their mouth. And I mean, keeping things close to your chest, I understand. I get it, this is kind of sensitive information. But oh, it would have been nice to get a look at it, you know? Because if this person was really involved with the search for Erica from the very beginning they could hold some sort of valuable information. And they did continue to contact me for a while with rumors that they had heard, some of which were very, very disturbing. Visions that they allegedly had, which were also very disturbing in nature. And honestly, guys, I'm not really sure where to go with that. How far do you take somebody's psychic intuition and claims of potential evidence and things that you have not seen with your own two eyes. Like, it could just be some crazy talk. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying it could be. See what I mean, though, when I say that looking into Erica's disappearance has proven to be very complicated and that I may have underestimated people's willingness to come forward? That's kind of what's been happening here this whole time. That being said, this person did contact me again at the beginning of this year to inform me that they had sent the file of information that they had compiled to the FBI. So maybe it's useful information. Maybe the FBI is just going to look at it laugh and go on with their day. I really don't know. The FBI isn't even handling the case at this point. That's what confuses me. To my knowledge, the FBI stepped back after there was a ransom demand in the middle of everything, the search, um, that was later proven to be false. After it was proven to be false, the FBI was like, oh, well, our presence isn't really needed here and so they backed away from the investigation. So, to my knowledge, the party investigating Erica's disappearance is still the Oregon State Police. And considering that the investigation has stalled, I honestly don't know how hard they're looking. I'm not going to trash talk them completely, because the deputy in charge of the case, the investigator handling the case, he has been fairly accommodating with me personally as far as helping me obtain some redacted copies of the files relating to the investigation. However, not seeing a lot of movement on the case, not really seeing anything being done as far as finding Erica on their part, especially after I did provide them with what limited information I had. It concerns me. It really, really does. It just... There's so many missing people out there. I know that police departments can't possibly all put the same efforts towards every missing person's case that lands on their desk. 
that's why I feel like it's so important for just your everyday Joe Schmo to be speaking out about these things. You know, I mean, if you feel like a missing persons case in your area isn't getting enough attention or enough coverage by the media, by just other people, say something. Start circulating that information. Start digging. I mean, I've been doing a massive amount of digging over the last year, not just in regards to Erica's case, but in regards to several other missing persons cases. And I am just floored by how many people have slipped through the cracks. It's honestly a little bit terrifying. For every Maura Murray who gets an insane amount of coverage, I feel like there's probably at least 10 Erica Hoags that get one news video, two articles, and that's it. And the thing is, these are both entire freaking humans who have just up and vanished without a trace. So the fact that some disappearances get so much coverage that they're literally obsessed over by journalists and the like, and other cases just fade over time, it just, it's hard to wrap my head around sometimes. It's hard to take in, and it's really, really hard to accept. And unlike Erica's disappearance, I don't think it's all that big of a mystery as to why the media has basically refused to touch her case since the first few initial articles and videos were pumped out. I think that when the word schizophrenia started to get thrown around in relation to this hippie type of lady who was, you know, coming on 40, that maybe they realized, because, I mean, let's face it, these are not the sorts of disappearances that garner a bunch of sympathy from the general public. It is really messed up that that is the case. Don't get me wrong. It is infuriating that that is the case. But that doesn't change the fact that that probably had a great deal to do with why Erica's disappearance is not being more widely talked about, especially in this area. You know, there's a few other missing people in Josephine County who are a little bit more recent, who as soon as the fact that they struggled with any sort of addiction issues or anything gets brought up, their case immediately just gets, I don't want to say swept under the rug, but it gets kind of overshadowed by the fact that this individual may not have led such a picturesque life. And, you know, is that their way of basically saying that this individual brought these circumstances upon themselves? One could make that argument, but really, it's just messed up all around. I obviously have a lot of very strong feelings regarding how our society treats the mentally ill as a whole, and I feel like that could probably be a topic of conversation for an entirely separate episode. So I think that's actually what I'm going to do, because I do have an episode centered around schizophrenia in mind for the future. So I've talked about some of the less tangible evidence that has been presented to me regarding this case, but I was able to get my hands on some screenshots of a conversation that an anonymous source had with Larry Anthony Hopkins, aka Hannibal, and 
these screenshots were kind of interesting, to say the least. Now, I have reached out to him personally through Facebook Messenger, um, trying to see if he would be interested in either just speaking with me generally or coming on the podcast to tell his side of the story. And his response to that was to shut down his social media presence even more than it already was. So I think that we could logically infer that perhaps he does not want to talk about Erica or that he just does not want to talk about Erica with me. Either way, you cut it. I have his side of the story in screenshot form, and I have enlisted the help of my friend Jason Futch, who runs his own podcast called True Cold Case Files, um, to help me out with getting the information provided in these screenshots to y'all. So, without further ado, here is a little segment entitled Conversations with Hannibal. Thought I would say hey. Thought of you, LOL. Hey, how are you, Hannibal? I'm not sure. I thought about coming up soon, though. I've got this weed farm to babysit, so it's hard to leave. Wish I got visitors, LOL. Where is it at again? I'll come up after I do my struts in my car. Soma, Oregon. Three and a half hours from Bend. Southern Oregon. Sixty miles from the ocean. Stop in if you want, but if you can't, I understand. Although that would be awesome. I'll try. Shoot me the address. I live at Deer Creek Road, Selma, Oregon, but I usually just tell people to just meet me at Ray's Food Store in Selma because even with address, my place is hard to find. So if you come, just type in Ray's Food Store in Selma into your GPS and I'll meet you here so you can follow me back home, save you from getting lost. You really going to stop by? Maybe? I've got butterflies, LOL. I don't get many out-of-town visits on my farm, lol. I might. I'll let you know. I'm in Anderson for the night. Okay, hun. Be safe. Hey, hun. You gonna make it? Probably not. I'm sorry. My lungs are killing me from all the smoke in Cali. It's all good. Never a problem with me. So far, the conversation seems innocent enough. I will say, though that I do find it particularly interesting that he's having these conversations and trying to get a new girl out to his farm um, roughly two or three months after Erica's disappearance. You know, this is early August. It's not illegal, but it is kind of skeevy, you know? I mean, I could probably sit here and nitpick at his choice of words and the time frame and all of that, but that's not what we're here for. Instead, I want to focus on the next part of the conversation. And this took place on August 21st, 2018. So this is a conversation that took place about three months after Erica's disappearance, like I said. And this is Hannibal giving kind of his side of the story and his explanation 
for what happened on May 17th, 2018. My girlfriend is still missing and I'm not handling it well at all. Erica? When did you see her last? May 17th. Yes, Erica. Oh my gosh. Really? Where? Did she say anything before she left? Home. She has mental issues stemming from her children being taken away years ago. And her ex-husband made her look like a lunatic, so then she basically lost her mind and has been in and out of mental hospitals and all that shit. She gets bad depressed and has several diagnosed mental disorders, and she won't take meds. Well, she tried to call her children on Mother's Day with no luck, and then it started. She went into her talking to things not there, talking to Jesus, hallucinating shit, starts thinking people are coming to get her, has multiple personalities, talking to each other. It's bad when she gets like this. Anyway, three days after Mother's Day, she's really bad and I had to go to work, so I was coming back and forth all day from the farm next door, checking on her, and she was doing okay, I thought. She told me she was going to lay down to sleep, which was good to hear because when she starts this, she won't sleep because she's so scared of whatever she is thinking. But last time I checked on her, she was laying down crying in bed. I went to work, came back a few hours later, and she was gone. Just gone. No more, no nothing. We have had search dogs, FBI search parties. We put up flyers, all the things you do when this kind of thing happens and nothing. Maybe she doesn't want to be found? It's possible, but this is different. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. I'm sorry to hear that. I wish that there was something I could do to help, but hope for the best. I just pray. Try to get people to visit because I'm so alone, but can only deal with certain people. But no one ever does, really. But I understand. Thank you for talking to me. I was surprised you messaged me. No problem. I'd come visit you if I had the cash, but I'm getting a job here in a week. Maybe after then I'll come visit. So, I just want to take this moment to point out that immediately after he shared the Erica story with her, um, he then tried to get her to come visit him at the farm again. Again, not illegal, but really skeevy. And I think that we're going to go through one more conversation between Hannibal and this source before we start discussing his story about what happened with Erica. And I want us all to keep in mind that this conversation happened two days after he told her about what happened to Erica. Two freaking days. Take that as you will. Hey there, are you doing okay? I'm doing great. How about you? Eh, not even worth saying, lol. I don't believe you are truly interested in me, or I would be more assertive towards trying, but Shasta seems to think we would click. But you women are a mystery to me, lol. Lol. That's nice, but I'm really not looking for a relationship with anyone. Neither am I, but female companionship is what I can do. So, to recap... He just wants female companionship, three months after his girlfriend disappeared. And, you know, again, it's not illegal, but it's skeevy. That being said, 
Let's go for one more snippet of conversation between Hannibal and the source before talking about his side of the story. Honestly, this is probably one of the weirdest screenshots that I was sent out of all of them. And um, this was around April 2019, so shortly before Hannibal got busted for meth possession out here in Josephine County. I want to keep that in mind. It's a weird one. Basically, the anonymous source asks him how far from Bend his farm is, Bend being another place in Oregon. And this was his response. Three hours. It's my grant's pass. But it's not for every woman. This is a very open and slutty camp that is awesome. Every man and lady love it, B.C. We are in the top three kitchens that have reputation for sealed lips and free-range two-legged, hairy-legged sisters. The elders are so nice. So, if you're wondering what the hell, after hearing that last little thing, I'm right there with you. Free-range, two-legged, hairy-legged sisters. That's just strange to me. And I'm not entirely sure how to take that. And let's also bear in mind that this is the same farm that Erica disappeared from. That his girlfriend disappeared from less than a year prior to him sending this message. I do find the language that he used pretty interesting, though. Our kitchen. The elders. I feel like it's sort of, um, rainbow family speak, or deadhead speak, or something to that effect. I, it's just weird. It kind of gives me just really bad vibes. And I feel like it almost explains why so many people have come to me with certain sexually-based rumors surrounding Hannibal. And I guess the basis of the majority of these rumors is that Hannibal was somehow drugging and forcing Erica to do things that she didn't want to do. Um, and I cannot speak to how true these rumors are, because there's no proof. Once again. And I feel like I'm kind of starting to sound like a broken record with all of this, well, I heard A, B, and C, but there's no proof as to the validity of these claims. But you gotta realize, once a certain amount of people have come to you with the same or similar stories, there could at least be a teeny tiny chunk of truth to them. Now, whether or not it's like a game of telephone where, you know, one person says something and it just gets completely mixed up down the line, or even just a little mixed up down the line, I don't know. But what I do know is that a lot of the people coming to me with this information are unrelated. You know, half of them don't even know each other. And so that's the sort of thing that leads me to believe that maybe 
just maybe there was something weird going on within Hannibal and Erica's relationship. Though we cannot say for certain, because there is no evidence. As for the area where Erica disappeared from, I've been out there a handful of times. Um, last summer when I first began the podcast, my knee was a little bit screwed up, so I couldn't exactly do any hiking. But I've gone out there since a few times and kind of looked around. It is dense. It is a dense wooded area. And to be perfectly blunt, there's a lot of places to hide a body in those woods. There's a lot of places for somebody to get lost, to stumble, and not be able to get help. It is massive and almost overwhelming, honestly, even as somebody who grew up in this area. And honestly, I really, really hope that she made it to civilization from that area and is just not in her right mind not entirely cognizant. You know, it happens. I'm not saying it's super likely, but it's been known to happen. And I'm hopeful until proven otherwise. Because that's how we should approach this situation. All leads are valid until they're not. Which is part of why every time I get somebody saying that they think that they've seen her, even if it's around town, and it's not likely... Or if it's in another city, and I don't really have any contacts there. I've actually sent a couple of people out to go check up in the Portland area um, to check out an alleged sighting of Erica. And while we've been unable to locate this person, since the individual who allegedly saw her reached out to me, I'm still hopeful. She could be anywhere at this point. She could have caught a ride out of Selma, and just got dropped off somewhere, and she could be literally anywhere, especially given what we know now with Hannibal's story via the screenshots. If she was really planning on going to go see her children, who, to my knowledge, were in the Bend area, then it would make sense for her to want to get the hell out of Selma. But at the same time... If something happened to her and Hannibal had to hide her body real fast, of course he would want the authorities to look outside of Selma and look away from the woods and the property that she disappeared from after a while. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, if I'm being perfectly honest. I don't really know which possibility is the strongest because of how little information we possess. I mean, we've got some information, but there's just not a whole hell of a lot to go off of. And so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing in that regard. I'm going to keep my ear to the ground, keep listening to the rumors and the tips that make their way to me, and hopefully something comes of it in the long run. Now, because of the amount of time that has passed in Erica's case, um, the Oregon State Police have deemed the case to be inactive. It's still a missing persons case, obviously, because Erica's still missing, but they are no longer actively searching for her, 
because of how long it's been since they had any leads or any tips. And while this is very frustrating, that means that I have been able to receive um, redacted copies of documents related to Erica's disappearance. Now, I'm still waiting on those, and I am hopeful that maybe these documents will shed some light on Erica's disappearance, at least more than has already been shown. Every little bit helps at this point. I'm just at a loss with what else to do right now. You know, we've got COVID happening, a bunch of people are quarantined, I'm still employed, I am very grateful for this, but the world's kind of a mess right now, and I just think that we all need to focus on doing things to help one another, you know? So maybe this is kind of my contribution. I did want to talk about the future of this podcast real fast, because I have some ideas that may be beneficial in the long run, not just in finding Erica, but reinvigorating interest into other missing persons cases that have gone cold, that don't have any leads, that didn't get a lot of media attention back when they were fresh. I've been getting documents regarding these particular missing persons cases, a few of them, and I really want to present some cases that are not Erica in the next episode. Because I don't want this to be a yearly update thing. And that's kind of what it accidentally turned into because of how slow-moving this investigation is. I just kind of wanted to figure out how to get this podcast really off the ground and not only get Erica's story out there, but get whatever other missing person stories I encounter out there. It's worth a shot, in my opinion. And it's something that I can do, and something that I want to do. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I also feel like it's something that Erica would be 150% behind. That's the kind of person that people say Erica was the sort of person who would advocate for others. If I could somehow use this platform to advocate not only to find Erica, but to find other missing people whose histories may have prevented their cases from being investigated thoroughly, or whose disappearances have been long forgotten about with the passage of time, I really think that a lot of good could be done. And I'm both excited and kind of terrified. Alright, so you know how I said that I was waiting for the Oregon State Police to send me the redacted files about Erica's case? Well, as it turns out, I didn't have to wait very long because while I was kind of putting some of the finishing touches on this episode, 
that ended up happening. I have the files now. I plan on going over them in depth sometime in the future. However, after giving them a cursory glance, I have a few things to say. First and foremost, the address on the police report is not the same address that Hannibal ended up giving our um, anonymous source from the previous conversation. So, that's a little sketchy. However, I want to look at this and see if perhaps the two properties are interconnected somehow, and um, see if maybe there's a reasonable explanation for why one address would be written down in the police report, and the other would be the one that Hannibal is giving out to whatever female he's trying to have companionship with. So, that's where we are with that. There was a little bit more information in the files. Um, not a whole lot more than what I had previously, but enough that I'm going to have to ask a few people a few questions. And I think that maybe if I ask the right questions, we'll get closer to the truth of what happened. This is definitely going to take some time. Hopefully not an entire year's worth of time. But in the event that it does, at least I'll have other cases to talk about on this podcast in the meantime. This journey is just beginning, and I am actually kind of excited to learn and grow and help some people. I definitely appreciate your patience with me while I figure out what the hell I'm doing, and I really hope that patience continues, because... I need an audience for this podcast in order for it to do any good. I literally couldn't do this if it weren't for the fact that there are people who want to listen to stories like Erica's, and for that, I am so grateful. Anyway, I think that's where I'm going to leave us for this episode, and I promise it's not going to take a year for me to get back to you this time. Erica Hogue is 5 feet 6 inches tall and weighs between 100 and 130 pounds. She has sandy blonde hair that is styled into dreadlocks and maybe dyed rainbow colors and hazel eyes. She has a tattoo of a marijuana leaf on her right bicep. She was last seen in the 7800th block of Deer Creek Road in Selma, Oregon. If you know Erica or have information regarding her disappearance, please contact the Oregon State Police. If you do not feel comfortable doing that, you can email me at alightforerica at gmail.com or call or text 541-450-9734. A very special thank you to Matthew Sell, who created the music for this podcast. And a big thank you to the friends online and in person who I'm able to bounce ideas and thoughts off of. Most of all, thank you for listening to A Light for Erica. I'm Gwen Berenger, and together I hope that we can bring Erica Hogue home to those who love her.